morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer on this Sunday morning, October 17th. I'm Tom Short, so glad to have you along as we get in the word of God every day. And we trust that God's word is building and strengthening us to be mighty men and women of faith. I'm coming to you today from Kansas City, Kansas, where we had a great conference yesterday talking about how to answer objections to our faith and also common cultural issues. We dealt with a lot of things from critical race theory to vaccine mandates and all kinds of of things that are infringing upon our freedoms and how we as Christians should relate to that. Which leads me to a question I was asked on campus this week, and that was, Tom, why don't churches pay taxes? It's a good question, and I think it's worth us exploring it just a bit because there is a movement out there that say we as Christians and our churches have unfair advantages, and we're not paying our fair share, and we're not contributing to society the way we should be. And so how do you answer that? Now, in reality, no one's re- no politician is really pushing for this, other than maybe, I suppose, Bernie Sanders would be for it. AOC and the squad members would probably, probably be in favor of it. But no one else is really pushing for it, other than some extreme progressives on the Internet. And they wonder, again, why do churches get this privilege, we're told? Why are churches exempt and we don't have to pay our fair share just like everybody else? Well, the answer really gets down to a constitutional issue and even a deeper one, a constitutional understanding that is based on a biblical issue. And that is where Jesus taught in Mark 12, 17. He'd been asked, should, the, should they pay taxes? Should the, should the people be paying taxes to Rome? And Jesus asked, he knew their hypocrisy. He knew what they were getting at. And he said, show me a coin. And they did. And whose inscription is on this, he asked. Well, they said Caesar's. He said, well, then render to Caesar that which belongs to Caesar and to God that which belongs to God. And here is the basis for what we in our country know of as a separation of church and state. I'm often asked if I believe in the separation of church and state. When understood properly, yes. I don't believe in the separation of God from government. But I do believe in the separation. What does that mean? It means simply the government does not is not to be controlling the church. The church also is not to be controlling the government. We have two separate institutions. And rather than one being placed above the other, they both are separate and neither is to be in control of the other. Influenced perhaps, but not controlled. And this is why it's been said, as Supreme Court John Marshall said, Supreme Court Justice John Marshall said, the power to tax is the power to destroy. Indeed, if the, church, if the, if the government taxed the churches, this would indicate the government has authority over the churches rather than being separate institutions. And as such, we wouldn't have the separation of church and state, and we would have a church that's subservient to the government. That's not the way we're set up here in America. It's not the way we ever have been, not the way we're intended to be. And so understand the church's exemption from paying taxes is not a privilege. Rather, it's a, it is based on the idea of the separation of church and state. The state does not have power over the church. Now, this has shown up in this past year in a lot of ways besides taxes, hasn't it? Can churches, can states order churches you, that you can't 
meet? Can states order churches that you can't have more than certain people in the room or you've got to social distance or you've got to wear a mask or all of these type questions? And, and these issues have been challenged. Uh, the, the separation of church, does the state have power over the church has been challenged in our past year in ways that has not in quite some time. And come on, pastors, we haven't always stood up the way we should. We haven't always asserted the freedom and stood our ground the way we should. And here's the problem. You yield bit by bit by bit, right? You give up, you comply, you 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 acknowledge uh, this is just a small thing and it seems reasonable. Give the, the church, give the state power over the church. And before you know it, you've set a precedent where the where you now say that the church is to be subservient to the laws of the state. And we must never, ever, 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 ever go there. Now, a couple other things to just add on this. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm a minister. We do pay taxes. Some people think that we don't have to pay taxes. We do pay taxes. What we get pay, we get a salary. We pay tax on that salary. What we don't do is pay taxes on the money that's given to the church, the gifts, the donations given to the church. This is this is to be tax free. Nor do we pay property taxes for again the same reason. Some people claim if the churches were taxed, there'd be all this money and you know billions of dollars and our tax rates would come down and we'd balance the federal budget i don't think that's realistic most people don't realize this but you know just like if a corporation if it were taxed the same as a corporation you only are taxed on the profits not the revenue revenues and so most churches don't run a whole lot of profit they are non-profits they usually run a pretty tight budget most churches actually do uh, invest in their in their ministry and give in the ministry and serve with the ministry, their expenses usually come pretty close to what their income is. And so this idea that there's this huge hundreds of billions of dollars in tax revenue being missed isn't really true. It's a meme. It's designed what? For people who want the state to have control over the churches. And they realize, as we said earlier, the power to tax is the power to destroy. Let the state tax the churches. It won't be long before the, the churches are destroyed. They lose their power. They lose their prophetic voice. And this leads to the next point I want to say. Pastors, church members, we, we have this separation of church and state for a reason. And one of the reasons is that we are to be a prophetic voice. We are The church is not to control us. We have this freedom. We have this responsibility as a separate institution to be a voice of a prophetic voice, a voice of truth, a voice that, that rises up that would challenge the government when necessary, a voice that stands for what's right, a voice that uh, sees its role. And so as, and as we understand the separation of church and state concept, folks, this doesn't mean, as, this, as I'm often told on campus, that means we stay out of politics. No, we we don't politic per se. We don't, you know, we're not running campaigns and using our church money to to uh, support candidates. But we certainly must speak up. We are given this the understanding of the separation of church and state is that we can be this unhindered voice that keeps the government accountable. More and more in our culture, we think the only ones who do this are the news media, and of course, they're not doing a very good job of it. The church must do it. 
The church must be a voice to stand up for what's true and right. And when government oversteps its bounds and heads into territories that are, are oppressive, immoral, unrighteous, it's the churches and the pastors that our pulpits must be a flame of righteousness. Our pulpits must speak truth. Our pulpits must raise their voice. Well, that's what we do here at the Daily Word and Prayer, I hope. I hope that we are a word of truth in the in the cultural conflict. Our goal, our desire is that every day, every day we're together, we're getting in the Word of God built into our lives, we're praying through the Word of God, we're speaking on how we as Christians can be better Christians, stronger people, more men and women of faith, better, more godly husbands, fathers, wives, mothers, Christians, employees, employers, citizens, whatever we are, that we will be better for God. And where this intersects with issues that are current events, we'll speak about them. We'll speak about them and we'll speak about them fearlessly. So that's, this is what we do. And I hope you join us. I hope your church is like this. And pastors, I hope you speak strongly, clearly, uh, forcefully on the things that, that, because our responsibility, we are not an arm of the state. We are not subservient to the state. We are an institution separate from the state and to hold our government accountable as we speak to people about not only heavenly matters, but civic matters as well. Okay? Father in heaven, we thank you for our churches today. We do pray that the churches throughout our land would be a flame of righteousness. We pray they would speak up for truth. We pray they defend the defenseless. We pray, Father, that we, our churches would speak up for freedom. And we know, Lord, we, we value it. We are so grateful in our land for the freedom to worship, even this very day, to go to church, to join with others. We thank you that we're not in fear of being arrested, in fear of being imprisoned because we worship our God. We value that. We, we treasure that, Lord. We know that others paid a great price, price of blood, to secure this right for us. It's not this way in much of the world. I pray, Father, for the freedom we have and the freedom we enjoy, that not only would we exercise it, we'd exercise it faithfully. I pray we'd never take it for granted. How we pray, Father, for in our world where, in our country, where it just seems things are changing so quickly, things are so confusing, we pray that the churches in America would be a standard of what's right, that people would know I pray, Father, that people would know that if, they're, if they want something, stability, if they want truth, if they want, if they want to know, if, if they want a place to, where the flag is planted, the flag of righteousness and truth and justice, and holiness, and goodness and love, and faith and courage, if they want to know where that flag is planted, I pray it would be planted in our churches in America and the people would flock there to find, to find strength in our day. We pray for this, Father. We pray for our churches to be places of love, grace. We pray people would feel welcome there. We pray our churches would fear God. Lord, deliver us from just doing, just being another consumer-oriented institution that markets well and has great customer service. I pray, Father, our churches would fear God, would fear the Lord, would teach the Word of God faithfully. And people would come not because it's a fun place to be so much. They'd come because there they're connecting with the living God. They're finding salvation. They're finding Christ. They're finding the kingdom. I pray, Father, our people who come to our churches 
would leave better people, stronger, greater in faith, how we pray for that. And Father, I pray this for our churches. I pray for our pastors. Make them wise, shrewd as serpents, innocent as doves. Make them courageous in our day. Help them, Lord, to lead the people. I believe, Lord, in our nation, there's such a need for godly leadership right now. We pray that it would come through our churches. We pray, Father, for the people who come here. I pray for the people who are on this daily live stream. Strengthen them. Uh, lift them up. Get, fill us with wisdom, Lord. Fill us with courage. Fill us with faith. Fill us with love. Lord, might we understand the things that where we can make a difference. And I pray, Father, that the serenity prayer, Father, that you would get, grant us the serenity, accept things we cannot change. Leave those in your hands. And we pray for those things. The courage to change the things we can. The wisdom to know the difference. Father, I pray today that each of us would know where we can make a change. The sphere of influence, the people who look up to us, that listen to us, that we could encourage, edify, persuade the people we could pray for, where places we can make a difference. And I pray we do that. Give us the courage and the focus to make a difference where we can. Thank you for the kingdom of God. We're in it. Hallelujah. We're in the out of the domain of darkness. We're in the kingdom of God. Today, might we live like it and rejoice in it. And we pray these things and we bless you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen and amen. Hey, thanks for being with me today. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Again, same time, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. And I look forward to seeing you there and um, live or later on throughout the day. Make sure you share, share this with your friends. Tell them about it. We do address things designed to make you a better Christian and a smarter Christian in the world in which we live. So God bless you and uh, have a great day. I hope you can make it to your church. Worship the Lord. He's worthy of it. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye.